Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be centering this entire discussion in the Word of God. I want you to see the nature of the church that Jesus built, the appointed priesthood that he assigned within it. I need you to see that you are a part of that priesthood, and so am I. And in fact, there are no Christians in your life, in your family, or in the local church where you worship who are not appointed priests. That is who we are now, and with that comes these beautiful responsibilities, these incredible opportunities to connect people with God and to offer things that glorify God. And it's important for us to understand that priests in their work have always been crucial to the workings of God on earth, and it is certainly so now in Christ's body. I'm sure you are aware that most of the episodes presented here are not about us or them. They're usually about you. They're about you as an individual determining where you are and what better looks like and how to get there. But what I hope you will see today is that there is a community aspect to the workings of God. Now look, when I show you the work of priests in Christ today, it is important that you make an individual determination today to take those roles seriously and serve in those capacities. But it is crucial today that you and I both see that everyone in the church is an appointed priest. We have all been set aside, adopted into the lineage of our high priest, Jesus, so that each and every one of us can perform these duties that have been assigned to us in Christ, because there is plenty of work to do. And if I could just rant and rave on that for a minute or so, this 80-20 rule in the church has got to go, where a small percent of the local church is doing most of the work, most of the teaching, most of the serving and visiting and giving and helping as if they have been set aside. These preachers, these long-term members, these elders, deacons, etc., and their wives, they have been set aside as this elite group of priests who officiate in the temple to connect the random citizen church member with the great God of heaven. And while those people need to do the best work they can, it has never been God's will that a select few in the church, the temple of God, do all of the ministerial work. It used to be that way. That's how it was way back in the book of Leviticus, but that law has been replaced and changed in some incredibly important ways. 
And one of the most beautiful changes is now it is all hands on deck. Everyone is in service mode. Let me try to help with this distinction by taking you back to the book of Leviticus. And look, I know Leviticus isn't our favorite place to study, but I assure you the lessons you pick up from that old book today will have an effect on your plans for this year, and I hope the message of unity and collective work in the church where you worship. So here's how it looked back then. You had a high priest, the special priest who would go in once a year and make the offerings, and not everyone could be that guy. But then you had these appointed priests, these sons of Aaron, who officiated and made animal sacrifices and did, well, five different things, which I'll share with you in a moment, throughout their life and in that service. But the majority of Israelites were not Levites. They were not children of Aaron. They were not priests. They were just citizens out there living their lives, seeking to honor God, bringing the tithe into the storehouse. And when they committed sin, they would bring an animal to the tabernacle or the temple, and the priest would take it from there. The priest would take their offering and help them sacrifice it and move the blood all around and do a variety of other things. The priest would teach them the law and help them recite it and understand it. And then the citizen would just leave and go back to their life, a little better educated, atoned for their sin, until the next time they needed to connect to God. Now, unfortunately, I think I just described most local churches in Christ to you. Doesn't it sound kind of familiar? Christians just kind of go about living their lives, trying to make good choices and do what's right, and they go to this place called church where you have these appointed people, these super servants, these special priests, if you'll allow the terminology, who will serve them the Lord's Supper or feed them a sermon or pray for them or over them and really just do most of the work, greet the visitors, handle things that are going on around them, and the majority of people just leave feeling better and see you next time. I'm not saying those people are unrighteous, no more so than the casual Israelite citizen was unrighteous, but they aren't invested in the work. They come and let others do the work for them. It goes back to that distinction between producers and consumers. While that may sound familiar in the church, it shouldn't, at least not beyond new Christians in the learning stages. We should all be growing to more. Look, when Jesus came, he changed some things. He became the ultimate, sinless, eternal high priest on our behalf, entering into the courts of heaven, not some building in Jerusalem. But he changed more than just the high priest role. In his church, there aren't appointed priests and then the regular Christian church member. In his church, we all became priests. Every single one of us was adopted into the family of Christ. It would be like being a Benjamite 
under the Old Testament, and yet somehow you've been redeemed, and now you are a Levite, and you have been adopted into the family of Aaron, and you now are a priest and have these beautiful duties associated with that. The difference is that didn't happen under the old law to anyone, and it has happened to everyone who has become a Christian in Christ. I'm sure you've heard this passage read dozens of times. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What an interesting idea. An entire nation of priests. On the surface, that sounds amazing. Imagine having every single member as an officiate, as a minister, fulfilling roles equally as our maturity and our growth allows. What a beautiful idea for the church. And speaking of the church, do you know what we learn about the body of believers that exist today? That we are the temple of God. And while there may be some disagreement with the way I word this next phrase or two, the way I understand it is this. The collection of all Christians is the temple where God dwells, where God can be found upon this earth. And wherever you go, where the temple is, where God's people are gathered, there will be priests at the ready, ready to welcome you, ready to encourage you, to teach you, to serve you, to minister to your needs, and to connect you to God. Am I talking about the paid preacher? The Bible elder? Don't get me started. Well, yeah, but not just them. I'm also talking about you. Wherever you may be, if you are a Christian, I'm talking about every member of your family who have been baptized into Christ whether they are 18 years old or 81. So listen, I want to take you back to Leviticus for a moment. I want to show you the five roles that priests had, and I want you to see that three of them, three of them carry forth into the new covenant and must be carried out by the priesthood today, which is who we are. But I think the challenging take-home today is this isn't just one of those episodes where you can keep it to yourself, where you can say, okay, Chris ended this thing with three things that priests used to do and should still do, and I think I'll go out and do those better. I mean, that's good. If you leave with that, that's good. But remember, we're trying to say something else today. Not just that a small percentage of people will do it better, but that we're not a strong church until we are all doing it. And I'm hopeful that the priesthood imagery will help you share that with people that you love. Okay, so let me break this down. There are five things that I found in Leviticus that the priests did, two of which we simply do not do today. So let me mention those first and get them out of the way. The first one, and most often noted, is that they made the blood, sin, guilt offerings. When citizens would come to them having committed a sin, 
These priests would oversee the execution of the innocent beast and would carry out a whole slew of very specific things so that that sin could be atoned for in the life of that citizen. And of course, we don't do that today. We don't need to make blood sacrifices on our own behalf or on the behalf of others, not as a sin offering. Jesus became that sin offering for us one time, the Bible says, and for all time. That was a huge job that they did that you and I do not do. And if you ever read through that slowly and consider that job, you ought to be very thankful for that. There was blood everywhere. It was on everyone. I'm thankful that Jesus' blood covers sins for us. The second one had to do with the high priesthood. Aaron's sons had to prepare themselves to take over as high priest. There was a lineage there, an order of people who would step up into that role if one was deceased or otherwise disqualified. And of course, you and I don't need to know anything about being the great high priest who connects with God in a special inner sanctum. Jesus is that for us. So I'm taking those off the table. We are all priests in Christ, but we make no blood sacrifices for sins, and we in no way ascend to the role of high priest. So what's left? Three very important things with which we will close out today's episode. Number one, they made offerings of thanksgiving to God. They made grain offerings. Sometimes they were animal offerings. Sometimes the first fruits of the harvest. They were always a part of offerings that were sacrifices of praise to God. They would offer praise to God through sacrifice for themselves out of appreciation for what God did and in order to help others do the same. This is something every Christian must do. This job is still in effect. Hebrews 13 talks about the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that gives thanks to his name. Encouragers, singers, worshipers, not a small percentage of the church. Everyone in the church has that role. Lord, please bless us with the day when there are no Christians in the church who walk around like their cup is empty, like there's nothing to be thankful for, like they just dragged themselves to a worship service or a service opportunity, like some Israelite citizen loathing the fact that he has to go to the temple again expecting someone to meet him there and somehow make it all okay or pick him up or do the work of giving him something to be thankful for. And yet, that's his work, to be thankful, always thankful, and to lift everyone up. The second thing that Levitical priests did that we are still to do is they ministered to whatever needs the temple might have. If things needed to be moved, or cleaned, or serviced, if someone came needing help, needing assistance in the sacrifices, needing a better understanding of the law, they were there, set aside to carry out that work. Let me ask you, who has that job today in the church? Who is the one whose job it is to serve others? If there's a need among God's people, that's the person you call. If something needs to be done, if something needs to be organized, if some sacrifice needs to be made, who is number one on the phone list for that? 
And who is the team that gets assembled? In their day, the total responsibility for all temple, tabernacle, worship, saints, giving to God, atonement, all of it fell on the priests. And the same is true today. The appointed priests of God are the servants of the people. They step in, they help, they do the work, they organize to fulfill the needs. They are constantly active. Occasionally, they need help themselves. They need to consume something. But they're always production-minded because that's why God sanctified them. Except in the church, that's supposed to be all of us. Every one of us is adopted and called to be a minister for God's glory and to the benefit of the people next to us. And then lastly, let me ask you, have you ever noticed how hard it is to read the book of Leviticus? Once you get past the blood offerings and the high priesthood, from chapters, I think, 11 through 27, it's just laws. Tons and tons of laws. Morality laws. Property line laws. What is all that doing there? What we learn is that priests were the people, among all the people of God, they were the ones who studied the law, knew it, lived it, and taught it to the people. The priests were learners and teachers. Hey, maybe that sounds familiar to you. We did two episodes on that in the month of January. Real spiritual growth is learning and applying, sure, but it's also sharing, teaching, and informing people of the will of God. It has long since been a mistake in the church that a small group of people, one of which we hire full-time, represent the priesthood of teachers in local churches. And while he can do that, and he can even be supported in it, the rest of the membership cannot give over that role. They also are priests. You and I are priests. And it is our responsibility to know the law, live it, and teach it, share it, and show it to people. So that's what I want you thinking about this week. We are appointed priests. We offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. We minister to the needs of God and God's people. And we learn the law and find ways to share it and teach it for our Lord. Just imagine what effect that would have on local churches across the country, maybe where you worship, if everyone set out to those same three goals and to do it together, serving our God as his appointed priests. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, Excel still more.